Welcome to the Leading Visionaries Podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established leading visionaries. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate and spotlight the leading visionaries who are thinking differently, seeing new possibilities, have the courage to dream big, take inspired action, and create conscious change all around the world. Now, here's your host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Leading Visionaries podcast, where we celebrate the ingenious, insightful, innovative, and inspired leading visionaries of our time and provide our listeners with world-class examples of the kind of courage, clarity, and confidence it takes to bring visions into reality. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Steve Kidd. Steve is a number one international best-selling author, a third-generation minister, and a diamond that shines through each person he brings growth to. A diamond that is a living and breathing, growing spirit that blooms through each of the amazing people he works with. He is seen through everything he touches. He's an extreme visionary, living a life of purpose and a vision that sees beyond the bleeding edge of what is coming next to the air being sliced through in front of it. The thousands of people Steve has worked with have literally reached millions of people with their books and their message. If you are ready to up-level, Steve is what you've been looking for. Welcome to the show, Steve. I'm so excited that you're here. A diamond is shining brightly through this show now. How cool is that? Thanks so much for having me, Angel. I love how you read that too. (laughs) Oh, well, my pleasure. So I want to start our time together, Steve, by asking... When you were a a child, a small child, did you have awareness that you were visionary or was that something that came later in life? Oh, no, I think I've known it my whole life, dreaming dreams, making up stories, seeing things much like, you know, if you're familiar with the Bible, much like Joseph, who had visions and then ran off and tell his family and none of them liked him for it. You know, I too have two older brothers that I think dealt quite a bit for a lot of years of, you know, the visionary that I was even back then. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and so, I mean, that immediately brings up that awareness for many leading visionaries that oftentimes you're going to be misunderstood or, your reality, your vision is is going to not necessarily be bought into by others. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about what things that you've done yourself to give your your own self the assurance and the courage and the commitment to just keep accepting that you're a visionary and being who you are. Wow. That's huge. You know, I mean, the first piece of that is the hardest piece of that. I don't know that it was, it, it definitely didn't come first, but the hardest piece of that is to learn as an empath, what things are yours and what things are somebody else's. And I spent a lot of years and you know, I'm 56 now, and I probably spent 53 or more of those years taking on everybody else's feelings. You know, they would just come by me. 
drive by me in a car and I'd catch that feeling. And I thought I was having this feeling, you know? So that is definitely the most difficult. The things that I've done to really reiterate being a visionary, I guess more than anything, I'm very grateful that I have two very encouraging, wonderful parents who always believed in me and and saw that in me. But it's also a matter of you got to kind of track it. When you say, I believe something's going to be, you need to have somewhere where you can go back later and look and see that that something was going to be. I'll give you a perfect example. Back in the early, early, early days of, well, technically, we weren't even calling it the internet back then, 2,400 baud modems. All right. To give you an idea, a fax machine is 900, 9,600. Okay. So one third of the speed of a fax machine, <laughs> quote unquote, internet connections. Back then I had the vision of the concept of streaming video. Now all of us do streaming video now. You know, I mean, many people, that's all they do is stream videos. They don't even have cable in their house anymore. I was envisioning the whole concept of that. No, it wasn't really possible. I mean, imagine if you wanted to watch a movie on your on your TV and you had to pre-plan like two weeks ahead, start the download and let it download for like two weeks in order <laughs> to be able to watch the movie. But it was the fact that I noted that and even more so that I had people in my life that helped remind me of those kind of things. And that would be the other element of that is also having yourself surrounded by people who are like, remember when you said, mm. well, look at what is now, because it's really easy for us to question ourselves. And if we don't have a way of, of seeing the successes, then it's really easy to fall into the belief that, that we're just a little bit crazy and not really visionaries. <laughs> Fine line, right? Right. All right. Well, so there's a lot in there that I would like to talk about. The first being this idea of being an empath. So I'm curious about, especially since I know that in addition to you personally being a leading visionary, that many of, if not all of the people that you actually serve in your current iteration of serving are probably also leading visionaries as well. So you're a leading visionary, leading visionaries, right? Mm -hmm. Would it be fair to say that all leading, you know, all visionaries are empathic or is that just, was that just like a unique kind of experience that you had of being both empathic and visionary? I think it's a very unique experience. In fact, I always tell everybody empath is one of those words that's really popular in popular culture right now. There's a lot of people that talk about being empathic or intuitive or those kind of things. And I'm like, you know, really, you don't really want to be an empath. In most cases, it's probably going to feel more like a curse than a gifting or a talent. I know a lot of people that are very sensitive. I think the best leading visionaries are very in tuned to because they listen mm -hmm. to the people around them and they hear the voices of which is totally different than just being in somebody's space now all of us have an element of feeling a person's energy and it's on you know it's on a spectrum if you will mm -hmm. of you know totally oblivious to those of us that are extreme empaths but 
you know, most leading visionaries, it really has to do, as my dad used to always say, God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we listen twice as much as we talk. And that's really more the secret for most of them than that that gifting inside of them is just literally reading the person. I'll give you a great example if if you want. Mm-hmm, yeah. I wrote a book and I, I was, I don't want to go to the extent of saying I was channeling the person but I was definitely in tune with where they were as a person. And I was reading the book as I was writing it with that particular person. And they said to me, how could you possibly know that about me? And I had to say that when I said, I'm sorry. In the times that we've gotten to know each other, I, I just know you uh, on a level that in some respects, you don't even know yourself. And some of the things, and it's been kind of cool over the years since that book was written to see, it's like, do you remember when I wrote that you were going to, and they're like, yeah, you did say that, didn't you? And, you know, so that's when you're being an empath is when the person doesn't say anything and you tell them something that they're like, how could you possibly know that? Mm, Well, and some people would call that psychic, right? So there's, I mean, we could go down the rabbit hole right now, Steve, of like lots of semantics, but we're not going to go in that direction. I would also call it prophetic, right? Prophetic, psychic, all of those things. So what I'd like to ask you about now is I want to talk about this idea of tracking, right? And, And I'll just, you know, use myself as an example. I didn't really realize I was a visionary myself until I had a spiritual awakening where literally I had the experience of my third eye opening. And And it was so unusual for me at that point in my journey. You know, I was 20 years into a real estate career and all of a sudden I'm seeing angels and shit. And I was like, what? What's happening here? Right. It was for me also this idea of tracking and surrounding myself with people who affirmed me that that kept me from going to see the psychiatrist and getting some little pills to take care of this thing. Right. So I'd love to have you talk about both the tracking, like what have you set up for yourself as your kind of affirming process in the tracking and how have you surrounded yourself with people who affirm you? So for me, and keep in mind, this is what I do for a living. So it's, I'm not intending it to be self-serving because I do it in my own life too, but that's why I love writing books. And that's why I encourage people, write who you are and where you are right now. The dreams, the visions, the goals, the successes, all of those things, you're going to be different next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now, you'll be a completely different person. You may even go back and read your book and be like, I was crazy. I was so stupid. Okay. We've been there. We've all done that too. That's all right. But for me, that's the that's the easiest and best way to do it is put it down in something that goes beyond your control and actually, yes, actually publish it, put it out there, be vulnerable enough that even if later on you have to come back and say, you know, when I wrote that, I was really wrong. You know, that's OK, too, because that allows somebody to be able to say, hey, it's OK to make a mistake. 
And there's a lot of power in people being able to identify with, you're not perfect. You're just a person who just shared what you know right now. So that's definitely, for me, that's the best way of tracking it. Because, you know, whether you're talking about paper or computer, either way, if you just write it down in something that's yours personally, my previous wife, when we were married, I remember going through a bin, you know, one of those great big giant bins you get from the store. And it was nothing but journals. Mm. And, you know, not that there wasn't a lot of great stuff in there, but if if you don't have a system for dating them when you put them away and a way of going back to do them, those typically end up tending to either get someplace where they get destroyed because of weather or eventually you move. And it's amazing. Every time you move, things become a little less important to keep with you. (laughs) So that's where having it in a resource outside of you that also doesn't require you to make sure you keep up with the monthly payment on that. You know, domain names are great, but domain names aren't going to last you unless your family keeps it and all those kind of things. So legacy of that in a way that's out of your control. As far as The other part of the question of surrounding yourself with people, really more than anything, that's about, well, two things. Number one, listening to what are the people saying to you? What kind of feedback do they give you? What kind of cheerleaders in your life are they really? Because it's really easy to have people that love you and are around you and support you when things are going good. Bring out your latest book and have it become an international bestseller. And everybody on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and everywhere else, they'll all cheer for how amazing and wonderful you are. Go through a divorce, have a parent die, have a really tough thing happen in your life. And especially those times when we kind of close down, we all Mm -hmm. do it, Mm -hmm. and you're not talking as much. It's those people that reach out to you or that at the very least, when you reach out and say, hey, I need a friend, yeah, you know, and it's the person that you can message at two o'clock in the morning that will message you back. And I'm not saying, I mean, some of your friends are just going to be asleep at two o'clock right, in the morning, right. so don't but judge them. But the ones but that you know you could if yeah, you needed you know, to. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I told a, a small group that I was part of for a while there, I said, you know, I'm that guy. You know, if you're at that level with me, you're going to have to learn that you're going to have to call me because I've gotten to the place where I can sleep through the sound of a, of a message coming in on my phone. It's still <laughs> on, but, you know, I've, I've gotten to the place where I don't wake to it anymore. But if you need me, you call me at two, three o'clock in the morning and I'll be there for you, you know, and, oh, and that's the kind of people that you need in your life when you're talking about tracking, because then they can come back and they can be like, hey, do you remember 20 years ago? Do you remember what you were talking about? Do you remember? And it doesn't have to be 20. It could be six months ago. You know right. I mean? And they um, affirm you. All of those. And they yeah. and they, they bring it back to you. Beautiful. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to let everyone know where they can find out more about you, Steve. But right now, listeners, are you a leading visionary or in the role of leading other visionaries? Consider joining our community and sharing your feedback and takeaways from each episode. We invite you to join us and support this podcast by making a donation at www.leadingvisionariespodcast.com. Interested in finding out more about how you can receive support for getting your vision out of the air and onto the ground, especially when it comes to articulating your asks in a way that allows for all the financial support you require? 
you can apply to qualify for a complimentary consult with me or a member of my team by clicking the Connect with Angel button on the website. Be sure to share this show in your own spirals of influence with the people who you think might benefit from our content. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in, where are you, Steve? I'm actually in Kansas. Believe in Kansas. Not. We're going to shout out to our listeners in Kansas, and we will be right back with Steve Kidd. The Leading Visionaries podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Are you the one who thinks differently, who is called to create a significant conscious change in the world, who is seeing and dreaming of a better way for your industry, your community, humanity? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired to guide leading visionaries just like you who want to break through the static in order to clearly express and confidently enroll support for their vision in a way that makes it inevitable that it will come to pass. Your word is your wand, and as the leader, your ability to articulate and communicate your vision is essential to its materialization and monetization. Please enjoy with our compliments a free copy of the book, Be Heard by Millions and Live Your Destiny, which was a number one new release in three categories to get you started. The book is yours by visiting gift.leadingvisionariespodcast.com. And we are back with Steve Kidd. You can find out more about Steve at his website, ongoingwealthguide.com, ongoingwealthguide.com. And we will have that information for you in the show notes. So before we went to the break, we were talking about tracking and we were talking about surrounding yourself with great people. What I'd like to talk to you about now, Steve, is, you know, you have built a very large business and you have been serving people for a very long time. I'd love to have you talk about this whole idea of the financial aspect of our vision and, you know, being able to value your vision sufficiently that you're willing to ask for financial support, whether it's startup support from friends and family or the credit card companies, or whether it's sales or some other way of bringing funds in. Because, you know, some people are going to be commercial. Other people might be people who have movements that require financial flow in order for the vision to get grounded. So can you talk a little bit about your money story and valuing your vision? Absolutely. And you have to understand, I grew up as a pastor's kid, so I had a lot of really broken money stories. You know, you shouldn't charge for the word of God and all of those kind of things and and grew up very poor and with all of those bad messages. But I was blessed to have this really amazing encounter driving down the road one day. It's just the coolest thing. They were building an overpass and they were doing the way they put it together, they brought in this great big giant metal tube, big enough that it's as big as two lanes that two semi-trucks could fit in. Hugest tube I've ever seen in my life, but I'm so glad that I saw it. The name of my internet company that I purchased and, and have owned since the mid-90s is called Alvius. Alvius, one of the translations of that is Wide Conduit. 
And, and just in that, you know, God brought that word back to me and began to really show me the, the pipeline. So if you think about your money this way, if you think about that great big tube, okay, because you know, you can have a little teeny tiny tube or you can have a great big tube you can run semi trucks through. <laughs> it's all about what kind of vision are you willing to have? And the way that it works with a tube, you have the in the input side of it. Okay. And you have the middle and you have the the backside, the output side of it. If there's a crimp at the front of it, there's only so much water, liquid, money mm-hmm. that can come in. Okay. If there's a crimp in the middle, there's only so much water, money, whatever that can go through it. Same is true if there's a crimp at the end. And this is where a lot of us miss it. We crimp off that end. We want to keep it all in the middle. If there's a crimp at the end, there's only so much. And I love the the concept of water because if you've ever used a hose or a pipe or things like that, and the thing about it with water, when you crimp the end of it, the water runs through even faster. Mm-hmm. So instead of being in that middle section of your life, where it's paying your bills and and your employees and and building all the things you're doing in the world, it rushes through you quicker because you've crimped off that giving back out into the world, that being a blessing as you are being blessed part of living. So you have to have all of that. And the wider you can expand the conduit in your life, Mm -hmm. the more that can be allowed to flow through you and out to the world. Mm, beautiful. Well, there's so much there as why we could spend hours, Steve, together. I want to affirm also this idea of the conduit. You know, you mentioned before the break something about you were channeling, essentially. You didn't want to say channeling, but for me, that whole idea of channeling is being the conduit through which the divine flows the information through which the divine flows, the blessings through which the divine flows, the ideas and the visions and all the things. And so in my own life, in my own practice, like my only job is to keep my channel clear. Like you mentioned the hose as a metaphor as well. And I also like to think of the hose as plugged into the faucet being the divine source, right? I'm the hose. It's my job to keep the hose impeccable, right? No crimps, no pinholes in the hose, no erosion of the hose, because what comes out of the hose is growing my garden and the larger garden, right? So we have similar thoughts about money and water and channels and hoses and all the things. Mm -hmm. I love it. All right. We only have about five minutes left. So Before we get to the end here, I want to ask you about the idea of leadership, right? So for many leaders, I think they have the vision and then the work is to enroll people in the vision, not just to enroll necessarily people who are going to put money into the vision, but also enrolling people to support and build the vision. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about your experience with enrolling like people to come in and be team members to work with you. There's two sides to that equation. Side A is we manage things, we lead people. So a good leader is the person out in front. They're willing to be the first person that gets shot at. A good leader, because of that, has no problem finding that people are willing to follow them because when you show somebody that you're as 
engaged and we'll even go so far as to say more engaged in the outcome, especially the outside of that conduit we were talking about, Mm -hmm. then they, I used an example the other day. I said, you know, what you do is you just kind of are living your life out there, really getting it done. And at some point you turn around and you find that people are following you. Mm -hmm. A real leader is that kind of person. They don't have to cajole, manipulate, use fancy words to get somebody. They just charge and spread a vision. They are clear with it and they are willing to put their whole life into it. And what you find coming out of that is people who who buy into it. And then from there, we can empower them to be the person who does this thing and does that thing and those kind of things. Mm. Beautiful. Well, we got a time for maybe maybe one more question here. So I think the last question I want to ask you about is, you know, in your business, you do a lot of helping people to to get the spotlight. You know, you talked about being the diamond that shines through each person that you bring growth to, but you're also making them into diamonds as well, right? And putting them into the spotlight, putting their visions into the spotlight through the books that they write and all the other things that you do. So what I'd love to have you talk about is what has it been like for you to turn your star power as a leading visionary and put that star power, focus it on the people you serve? Well, there's nothing better than getting to be able to see somebody succeed. For me, I I love that. You know, I mean, I don't need to be seen when I can see the outcome of that, that transitional day between the terror of what if nobody likes my book? What if nobody gets it to the, oh my gosh, I'm a best-selling author. How did that happen? How did you do that? It's just the coolest thing in the world. And secondarily to that, for all of the people that I work with, I stand in the place of the person that they're meant to serve. And I hold for them the vision of the fact that everything that we do in this world is only as good as we give it away. Okay. As good as we give it away is you know, one piece of that I'm going to just push back on <laughs> just okay. a little bit, because I do think a lot of times in, in especially in the author space and the, the leading visionary space, there can be the tendency to overgive and under receive. And so when when we're talking about giving away, I'm I'm going to ask you if you'd be willing to shift that language to give through give through. And that means you're nourished in the process and any excess is being easily and effortlessly given through. Would you be willing to go there? With oh yeah, son? absolutely. I mean, cause that's right in line with what I said about the conduit. I was only meaning from the standpoint of when we have this vision and it's mm-hmm. inside of us, that vision does absolutely nothing until it's shared, until it's, that's why I use the phrase given away. If it stays inside of us, it's this amazing, wonderful, beautiful thing, but it doesn't do anything until it goes out there, until it goes out the end of the tube and is put out into the world. I agree. Beautiful. I love this. You're so awesome, Steve. Thank you so much for being with me today. 
Listeners, we love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of this episode by joining our community, sharing your takeaways, asking questions, or submitting guest suggestions. You can weave your visionary thread into our fabric by opting in on our website at www.leadingvisionariespodcast.com or by interacting with us on social. Look for the handle Leading Visionaries Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears, eyes, and hearts open. And remember, you are here to create conscious change. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Leading Visionaries on Apple Podcasts and share with other people you know who can benefit from today's episode. Leading Visionaries is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leading visionaries who are called to create conscious change and know that now is the best time to welcome wealth and cultivate a web of collaborative support to bring their vision to life. We invite your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of new episodes at leadingvisionariespodcast.com.